0: Ready? Yes. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Station Break Podcast. I am your host, Cassidy Quinn, and every Friday we give you a behind-the-scenes look with someone here at KGW News in Portland, Oregon, and every week we have somebody different. This week we have the beautiful Brenda Braxton. I don't know how we haven't had you on here before. We've had... I think all of the other anchors of Sunrise were saving the best for last. Oh right,
1: listen to you. (laughs) Clearly.
0: So Sunrise anchor, Brenda Braxton, you've been at KGW
1: for a long time. Very long time. How many years? 27 years. I started in August of 1989.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was very soon after I was born. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I've probably been here longer than you've been alive. Nope. Almost, but uh, not quite. Have you been on Sunrise the entire time?
1: I have. That's what I started. And oddly enough, I came from, well, I'm from here. I grew up in McMinnville, which is not too far from here. Um, but and then I went down to grad school at LSU and I got a job at the CBS affiliate in Baton Rouge stayed there moved back up here I was working swing by the way in Baton Rouge so it was a total schedule flip but I I came here on sunrise but sunrise at the time was only one hour we were only on the air from 6 to 7 and now we're on the air from four thirty to 7 Wow so did the time that you got you have to
0: get here now totally change
1: Yeah, it's gotten earlier and earlier. But funny story about how we launched this newscast all those years ago. Um, I came on vacation, and I applied for jobs at Channel 2 and Channel 6 and Channel 8. And I could not get a hold of the news director here. So he called me after I was already in town from Louisiana. I came down. He hired me almost on the spot. But I had already talked to the people over at Channel 2, like the news director. And he happened to drop a little knowledge that they were expanding their show To an hour, and I happened to drop that knowledge on my future boss. Expanding it to an hour? Yeah, from a half an hour. Oh my gosh! From like six thirty to seven, way back in the day, and so we actually beat them on the air with our expanded newscast. Oh! I don't know that I've ever told that story before, but that's how I ended
0: up here. Wow! Mm -hmm. So then, what were you doing the rest of your day? Was there? I'm assuming there probably wasn't a noon show at that point. Yeah, there there was. was There was. Okay.
1: And but back in the day, like for the Today Show, we only had one cut in an hour. So we had one at like 7.25 and one at 8.25, and then we were clear to work on the noon and you know spend the rest of the day kind of doing that.
0: That's so weird to think about because that means that in five years or something, we could have a six hour morning show. It just goes all the way through the Today Show, (laughs) through the noon. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised. We love the Today Show though, (laughs) I do. When I'm not working in the morning, that's what I'm sitting around watching. So has your workload
1: Increase then over the years? Yeah, of course. I mean, because we are just on the air more often. Because right now we're on from 4:30 to seven. Then I start the cut in, so we do two an hour during the seven o'clock, eight o'clock, and nine o'clock hour. Um, and then I do promotables. I you know tease something for the sunrise show for the next day. And then I meet with uh, producer Martin, and we go over all the noon stuff. Um, and then I start writing and editing for that, and then I get in my car and drive down to the square and do you know the noon show, and then I'm I'm clear at twelve thirty, but I get up at two twenty, so it's kind of it is kind of an eight hour day, it's just early. Wow, how many alarms do you have to set to get up up at two two twenty? Two, my phone, and then I have one just you know next to the bed. Does that so have f- to be like across the room <laughs> so you have to get up? No, I'm used to it after oh. all these years, yeah. I'm I'm actually strangely wide awake that early in the morning, but if you catch me like at 8 or 8.30 at night, I can barely keep my eyes open. I'm so tired by the end of the day.
0: Do you nap before then, or you have to keep, keep stay awake so that you can actually sleep at
1: that time? Rarely. Occasionally I'll nap if I'm sick or, you know, if I don't feel good, but um, I don't remember the last time I took a nap. I just power through. If I have to, I'll go to bed early, like early, early, like 7. Oh, man. I know. I, w- I don't...
0: Maybe if I stayed on this shift long enough, I could do that. But I can't get myself to go to bed before 10.30 on this shift. So then I'm on a split shift when I'm filling in for Chris McGinnis on traffic. So then I do take a nap during the day.
1: It's hard. You can't drop into this shift. Mm -hmm. I remember um, when we started, and again, I came from swing. So about 9.30 every morning, we would just hit the wall. I mean, that fatigue where you feel like you are seriously going to nod off in the middle of of a sentence. Um, and I told this story on the air, but we were all like, you know, I was 25 when I started. Um, and so all of us would, you know, talk about sleep like it was sex. Seriously, we were like, did you get any last night? <laughs> and they're like,
0: You're like five I only, minutes I only
1: <laughs> got about two hours, but I need more. What about you? It's like, no, I didn't get enough. And so that was the joke back then. We were like, we are obsessed with sleep. <laughs> wow. And what all of the
0: 25-year-olds are talking about. Yeah, this shift, I'm I mean, glad to hear that you do adjust to it eventually. Well, but... I,
1: did I say that? You don't really ever adjust to okay. it. I'm used to it, but
0: yeah. Well, one fine. day I
1: will sleep in. <laughs> 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 one day I'll have a job when I don't get up at 2.20. <laughs> do you
0: sleep in, in the, on the weekends? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's all relative, right? I think last, well, I just, we got back from vacation. I went to Hawaii, and I totally flipped my schedule. So last Sunday, I slept in until 10 o'clock, which is unheard of for me. Yeah, And so I could not go to sleep. So I think I got, like, two or three hours of sleep on Sunday night, getting up to come in for the Sunrise Show on Monday. And I've been, like, I couldn't get back on schedule until about Wednesday of this week. Then I was so darn tired. I was like, just conk out.
0: Yeah, that is the worst. If you're adjusting back from vacation, or for me on the weekends, if I have to do this shift on a Monday morning, I sleep in on Sunday, and then my body doesn't want to go to bed on Sunday night. It's like, no,
1: I just woke up a few hours ago. I know. I used to be really, really disciplined about my sleep. I would never get in bed late, but there are times when... I mean, when you have kids, it's different. And sometimes I get into bed at like 10, and I'm like, whatever. Just don't stress about it. I'll catch up at some point. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, your kids are older and more independent now but when they were little where was that
1: i guess it might have worked with your schedule because you're like kids go to bed i go to bed yes yeah but my <laughs> son never slept so he's 23 oh. now but he was a kid who jumped out of his crib at 14 months he never liked to sleep and so we were up and down all night with him forever my daughter was like she we couldn't pull her out of her crib she was like yeah no i'll stay in here so she'd go to bed at 6 30. Wow. So I had two opposites. Isn't that like when you have kids, they're totally different? They don't work together. <laughs>
0: uh, side note, we are live streaming while we're recording this on Facebook, and multiple people keep asking, is Brenda leaving? Brenda is not leaving, okay? <laughs> Just because we're doing this does not mean she is leaving, unless she's going to announce something. Do no. you want
1: me to break some news? No! <laughs>
0: okay. Not that kind of news! Brenda is not leaving. Everyone calm down. At least as far as we know. Oh, God. That would be so sad.
1: That was uh, kind of cryptic, wasn't it?
0: I know. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, the Facebook post said you've been here for 27 years, so we're talking about your career. I guess maybe I phrased that not the nicest way. I mean, I thought it sounded wonderful <laughs> and nice and reflective. I, I,
1: you know what? I, what was it the other day? Somebody, oh, I think it was Little Willamette Week. They talked about me being here for a quarter century. And my you know, producers were like, oh, and I'm like, hey, I own every single year. Are you kidding? You gotta. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Cr- a quarter century that's awesome give me credit for all 27 yeah
0: <laughs> yes not just a quarter century over that quarter century <laughs> so you're talking about shooting the promotables earlier so those are the things you record them earlier in the day but then they'll air at night saying like tomorrow at 6 right. 10 on sunrise right right so exactly. is that weird because normally you are on air and when you're on air like your stuff is live right but so are you ever at home watching tv and then you will come on your own tv
1: um, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> Watch Sunrise yeah, tomorrow morning. <laughs> like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm totally used to seeing that. No, funny story, when my son was little, um, he was three, <laughs> and we were sitting on the couch together, and we were watching the news, and up popped me in a promo. And he was freaked out. He was like, he didn't understand how I could be sitting there and Aww. also be there. And so then, which it made complete sense to this little kid's brain, he thought everybody had two. He thought there was, like, a Grammy who came to Portland to visit him and a Grammy who lived in McMinnville.
0: Right? It's brilliant, though. Seriously?
1: It's like, you know, it's funny. But no, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I do that all the time. I see it. What did he think the other version of himself was doing? (laughs) I don't know if he went that far. It was just everybody else. (laughs) When I can't see you, I know there's another one somewhere around here. Yeah, he's like, well,
0: the other one of me is Superman, and he's just (laughs) saving the world right now. Uh, What kind of weird random jobs did you have before you got into TV news? Oh, that's a good question.
1: I didn't have a ton of random jobs. I mean, my parents um, owned uh, clothing stores and they were always in business for themselves. So growing up, um, I would work for them in the summer. Uh Um, One time I was a telemarketer. I guess that is totally, that may be my most random job. Like, uh, it didn't last long because I hated it, <laughs> and I totally got all the people who didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, I, was, I was the worst, but we would call, I don't even remember what we were selling, um, but it was in Portland. I was at the University of Portland. I was a college student at the time, and it must have been some summer thing. I don't know what possessed me to want to do that. But you know what? I, I mean, I, I knew that I was good talking, at least reading, you know, and then we had a little script that we had to read. I haven't thought about that in a long time. That seems like such a hard job. I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. Go eat your dinner. Bye. Um, one time, and speaking of that, I got, I, you know, they're all random numbers, however they generate them. And um, what was it? I talked to some creeper on the phone. He was like, he... I'm sure it's not true, but, you know, when I was thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, he almost seems like he's some, like, creepy serial killer murderer, and he was really suspicious of me calling him. There was some very strange vibe about this guy, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So I wrote down the phone number, because whatever it was, I'm big on intuition. It was weird. It was just a creepy thing. So I wrote down the number, and when I went to visit my mom in McMinnville, I'm like, you have to call this number. You have to listen to this guy. It's just bizarre. So my mom is a terrible liar. She can't do it. But she goes, okay, is, um, hello, you know, <laughs> is John there? And he's like, yes, just a minute, literally. And he goes back, and you could hear, like, a click or something. Oh weird, no. Like, he was oh recording no. it. <laughs> oh, no. And we just, like, hung up. But it was so funny. I mean, that was that's my bizarre job, yeah. It was weird. The whole thing was weird. I think I lasted... Maybe a month or two. I was like, I'm out. So you hung around after that (laughs) creepy one? Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what you were selling. I want to say they were some kind of like um, booklets, like coupon booklets, you know, where you can go to different restaurants and different. I think (laughs) that's what it was. Huh. But that was a long time ago. Yeah, I hated it. I remember that part. (laughs) Have you, I always ask everyone
0: on the podcast this question, have you ever been fired from a job?
1: Not yet.
0: (laughs) This is the announcement again.
1: No, I've never been fired from a job. Wow. Have you? Uh,
0: I was fired from a job, from like a part-time job a while ago, but only for a couple of days. They were like, sorry, we've cut the budget for this. And then a few days later they're like, just kidding. So you were more blamed off. It wasn't
1: like you did anything to get fired.
0: Yeah. Drew Carney, on the other hand, I think he said when he was... (laughs) Most of the people's firings that I've talked to on the podcast are when, you know, high school, middle school jobs. And I think Drew was working at, like, a priest retirement home or something. A priest
1: retirement home?
0: I know. Something that doesn't sound like it exists, (laughs) but it does, I guess, in Drew's world. Uh, And he fell asleep and thought it was only for a second, and it was longer than he thought. So, fired. But he was 14, 15, 16, However old. So you can go, I, I hope I'm accurately retelling the story
1: of Drew being fired. Go to the Cassidy Archives. We'll, yes. we'll fact check that. Yes.
0: Uh, so you have been at KGW for 27 years. Your co-anchors have changed even a couple times since I've been here the last two years. So what are the, how many different people have you co-anchored with? in the, Was there always a co-anchor or were you ever just by yourself?
1: No, there was always a co-anchor. Um, let's see. One, two... Three, four, four, four or five? Oh, that's not that many. That's, no, I mean, people... Because Russ was here for most of that time. Yeah, I think total, he was here for 17 years. Mm -hmm. So Portland, you know, historically at this station has been a destination market. People come, they love it in the Pacific Northwest, they want to stay here, they raise their families here. So for a long time, there wasn't a lot of, you know, turnover. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I anchored with, you know several co-anchors for years
0: is it hard to adjust because by the time I met you and Rust, you guys got along so well Nick Allard was here in the mornings yeah. too and it was so fun to watch you guys because you seemed like genuine friends that enjoyed being there together but like at the beginning when you get in, when they just throw in a new anchor is it like okay we got to pretend that we're Friends, I mean, I like you, but I don't really know you. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, it definitely takes time to kind of get the rhythm Uh of, you know, people. But, like, we used to joke literally, especially with breaking news, we almost had, like, this silent sign language because everything with breaking is off script totally. So we couldn't always talk to each other. So we would Mm. just, it was was like sign language. We, after that many years, at some point, we just kind of knew, and we could, you do this, you do that, and we didn't even have to speak it. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you do get the rhythm over time. That's so cool. Mm -hmm.
0: You seem like you get along with everybody. Have you ever, like, not gotten along with a co anchor or someone that worked with you? Oh, God, of course you have. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. But I don't trash talk people. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I think that. Well, I guess the podcast is over because that was (laughs) everything else you were going to talk about. (laughs) But, yeah, of course. I mean, there are people that you like better than others. I mean, it just happens that way. But, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Top secret, Brenda Gossip. That's for the uh, behind, behind the scenes, after hours. Oh my, what? Oh my God, you killed that? Uh, so are
1: you... I didn't know you were going to get me in trouble. No, never.
0: We like to keep everyone around after the podcast. Uh, are you naturally a morning person or a night owl?
1: I think I am more a morning person. Truly, oh. Yeah, I am. If I'm rested enough, I mean, there's nothing better to me than getting up in the morning with my cup of coffee when the house is quiet, you know, before the city gets busy. I just love that. I really do. Um, so, you know, there's something weird about being up too late at night when everything, <laughs> especially like, you know, when every there's not really a whole lot that you want to watch. Yep. Or, you know, it's just kind of weirdly quiet. In the morning, I feel like things are getting going, and somehow I'm getting over a little bit by being up early and getting stuff done.
0: That sounds so nice; like I totally (laughs) get it, but it it just doesn't happen. That's not what happens in my body. But I, you know, it sounds nice. You're up; It can be productive. And It is true. If you stay up too late, nothing is on television anymore. It's boring. There's not even any news on anymore <laughs> unless you stay awake long enough. <laughs> right. We're on at 4.30. <laughs> so you said you wake up at 2.20, mm-hmm. then before you get here, is your hair and makeup all done, or do you do that once you get here?
1: No, okay, I mean, how mundane, but literally, I get up, I, I mean, everything's laid out, I put on my makeup, I do my hair. Um, At some point about 3 o'clock, I call in to producer Brandon, our executive producer, and I'm putting on my makeup still and I'm talking to him Mm -hmm. about what the reporters are doing and good stories that we're covering, some funny stuff that we should be aware of, um, if there's any breaking news overnight. So I get the whole rundown of what we're going to be doing before I ever walk in. Um, And then when I get here, I immediately get on my computer and I start editing scripts. And generally, we only have time to get through about the first half hour of the show at 4.30. Um, but we have iPads out on the set that you see there on the desk, and continually as things are coming in, we're looking over new scripts and editing them right there on the set.
0: Well, and of course, because things are changing Mm. throughout the entire show, too, so even if they had it all organized. Because the producers get here, what time, like 11 o'clock at night? they work graveyard. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so then, yeah, by 3 o'clock, they've got as much as they can figured out. Yep. And then are you involved in the process of writing scripts or editing them before they go on air? How does
1: that work? Yeah, that, um, we don't really have time to write any scripts mm-hmm. by the time we walk in the door, so it's editing it. It's like, okay, you, if I change something, how would I say it? Or um, you know, just updating things. It just depends a lot. It, most of it is editing at that, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking ahead and kind of figuring out what's coming up and making sure that we've seen everything. Because that's the terror. I just do not read anything cold. Some anchors do. Some anchors in certain markets or whatever, they will come in to their show and they will never ever pre read it. They'll just, when you hear it for the first time, it's the first time that they're hearing it too, which is terrifying to me. I couldn't do that. I don't even think I would be good enough to do that. And they do that by choice? By choice. Like they could have read it beforehand, They
0: they had time? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah, but that's what we do. I make sure unless something really goes sideways that I have read everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that trusting. Because you never know. I mean, sometimes our typos make other words, and mm-hmm. like you just really have to, I can't imagine.
0: Well, or there's like the punctuation, if there's no comma or something, and then you've got the sentence that you don't know how <laughs> it's actually supposed to go, or what's talking about what, or a name that you have no idea yep. how to pronounce.
1: Yeah, Something I remember years ago, I think this cured me of like, You have these kind of fail-safe things that you learn the hard way over the years when you do live TV of how you're not going to be like completely embarrassed by something like if you can avoid it or see it before it gets there. Mm -hmm. I think it was on the noon show, and I think I was solo anchoring at the time back then. um, And something changed. The producer didn't have enough time to tell me what it was, so it was a whole other... I think it was a whole other story in pre-show. And... um, The prompter failed, and I didn't have it on my script. Oh, no. I didn't have it in prompter, and I didn't know what it was. So they were like, you just have to read it off prompter. And mid I think it was mid-sentence. I kid you not, it went away. And I had no idea what the rest of it was. And so what do you do? It was like, uh. (laughs) And at that moment, I was like, I will never, ever read anything cold like that again. You at least have to tell me what it is, and then I'll just ad-lib it.
0: So what would you have done? Say, like, I'm not... I'm not talking about this. Please tell me what changes before it goes on the air.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I have said that. Like, um, depending on who it is, it's like, nope, not, nope, not going to read it cold. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just like a matter of is it that urgent if it's in now or if it's in 30 seconds from now. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like we're never going to read it.
0: Right. So, just Yeah. Now, speaking of embarrassing things, which really are entertaining to the people watching usually, today you and Ashley had the most hilarious laughing fit on sunrise. I was laughing with you but no one could see me on television. So what, what was going
1: on there? We had the weirdest story. What was the guy, little guy's name? What was it? Do you remember? Was it Oh, I want to call it George. It wasn't George, though was it? What was saying? I don't know. What it was, was his some name? weird artist's rendering of what a human body would have to look like in order to survive a car crash. Mm-hmm. That was the premise of the thing. So it's this rendering of this guy with a big fat head and a really flat, flat face so he could absorb impact. He had no neck, literally, so it wouldn't break. He had all this fat globule stuff and they served as airbags. <laughs> He had knees that bent any which way. I mean, these oh. were all things physiologically that yeah. needed to be there if a human was going to survive a car crash. And the rendering was ridiculous. I mean, it was... And it was one of those things where I just lost it. I, like, started to giggle. <laughs> While Ashley was reading. She was. And I was quiet, but the minute she looked at me, I was, like, crying. And, it, you know, in retelling it, it's not that funny, but, you know, in the moment when you just cannot keep it together... And then she saw me, and then I saw her, and then we just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. And then the director, of course, it was like, well, we don't want to see this picture. We want to see the two of them. Yeah. And so I was just, we were howling. It was re- yeah.
0: And then Ashley was supposed to go on and read another story, and she couldn't keep it together. <laughs> and I think you guys, like, high-fived or something. It was entertaining. I'm, like,
1: literally giggly anyway. I am. I just am. I'm smiley, I'm kind of giggly. And when things strike me funny... My co anchors know that about me. Mm -hmm. Um, They are so much better pulling it back in. Because I'm like, you can't say something 15 seconds before we come back to a serious thing because I will not be able to hold it together. Nick was great at that. Nick could say that Allard could say the most outrageous things and then turn it off like that. And he he made, I think that maybe the last time that I lost it on the air like that, it was because he cracked me up. Yeah, that, that is a skill. <laughs> Joe Donlin does that too. Really? He is so Well, and I don't know, he's just great about, like, he can talk up until almost the second that he goes back on the air. And okay. then he's like, doop. I was going to say that about Steph,
0: too. See yep. Steph, and she's like mid sentence and then, welcome back. <laughs> You're like, right. What? Like, I was having a conversation with you, and I, now I don't know what I'm talking about. Did <laughs> you have any other embarrassing on air moments that oh uh, you haven't blacked out of your memory? Um, let me think.
1: <laughs> Gosh, they're really seriously, there are tons over the years. Whoops. Um, Went to look at the Facebook comments, and <laughs> so my volume was on on my phone. Sorry. Let me think. Gosh, um, m- most of them have to do with me giggling. Um, <laughs> one of my co anchors, not in this market, but um, I think it was in Baton Rouge, um, he did the six o'clock news, and he came out during my five o'clock newscast to do a tease, and he was late. So he went to grab his jacket to put it on, and he was a big guy, he had to be over six feet tall, but the jacket that he accidentally grabbed was one of the reporter's jackets who was about five six, and he, somehow he wedged himself into it, but he was almost like a T-Rex, and so I da 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 And and I went to look at him, and I just like <laughs> lost it. Another one of my co-inkers, he was a sports guy, he was so nervous, it was one of his first times, and so he had like a little thing of toilet paper, that he could dab because he was all sweaty. Um, except when he dabbed, what does toilet paper do? It dissolves. So he had, I went to look at him and he had toilet oh, paper on no. the face. Oh, God. But I mean, I love the blooper reel. Have you yeah. seen our blooper reel? I haven't no. seen it in a long time. Man, there's some funny stuff on it. That is my favorite thing, is like all the outtakes. Where is this? Well, the editors used to have it in a vault. Oh. I don't know. They used to keep it back there and they'd add to it.
0: Like, like every of time, everybody? Some,
1: all of us, yeah.
0: This exists?
1: Yeah. I, it's got I don't know, to know whether to be exist.
0: excited or <laughs> terrified. I'm like, what have I done?
1: Maybe we should put Zach Carver on that. Yeah. Probably we had him on the I podcast. I,
0: he pro- Yeah, he would be the one that would know. He photoshopped me last week because I had my eyeball. I had a scratched cornea. And uh, he photoshopped a picture of me doing traffic with an eye patch on. And that fooled <laughs> everyone. Like, I didn't even try to fool everyone. I posted on Facebook, like... Oh, our editors had fun with this, or something. And people that we work with, Wiley, executive producer, was like, "You went on air with an eye patch on?" I'm like, no. <laughs> that's so funny. that's Zach for you. Yeah. So he would be the one with the we blooper reel. We had to reel. track down that blooper reel. Wow.
1: It's pretty epic. I didn't know that existed. Well, unless somebody got rid of it or stole it, it's got to be here. <laughs> you can't steal the blooper reel.
0: <laughs> uh, so at work, during some of the things you do talk about during commercial breaks or on air. You always seem to have very healthy,
1: like, organized snacks and meals. Oh, yeah. I've got a sweet tooth. I think that's probably my biggest downfall. Mm. But I love the whole clean eating thing. Um, I like to experiment with, like, lots of recipes. I like to experiment gluten-free. I like to use, like, almond flour and coconut flour and, you know, I mean, you name it. I do do a lot of, I like cooking. Mm -hmm. I do, like, I eat relatively healthy. So do you eat
0: before you come in or do you bring Mm. foods to
1: eat throughout the show? Um, I have coffee, black, French roast. (laughs) In case you wanted to bring her a present? Yep, like, you know, a couple um, thermal mugs of that through the show. But I don't, like, sit down and eat my breakfast slash lunch until about 8.30. And then that's when I have a break between cut-ins, between 8.30 and 9.30-ish. And my breakfast is more like dinner. I like, like, something substantial in the morning, mm-hmm. typically. Yeah, today I didn't pack my lunch. I had <gasps> to in something at the last minute. But usually it's dinner from the night before. Did you have a donut? Because Chris McGinnis brought in donuts. Dude, if I eat a donut at this hour in the morning, I crave sugar all day oh, long. Oh, yeah. All day long, I do. I mean, I know that about myself. Oh, not good. So, yeah, I... I I just, like, literally pushed the box <laughs> away from me.
0: What about Drew Carney does segments in the mornings, and a lot of times he does food segments, and he'll have them bring food to you guys. Or, like, a few weeks ago there was fried chicken. Do you have self-control, or do you still... Oh, I love when
1: Drew brings us food. Are you... that's, that's my work. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to do that.
0: I was hoping um... for that today because it's Friday. I was like, I really need some food, and then that didn't happen. He was covering bathtub races. But then Chris brought donuts, so. I
1: know. Um, yeah, no, I love all the stuff that he, ice cream. Um, one of my favorites that we've ever done, it's a Drew Carney segment, and I think it was with Mother's, you know, the the restaurant downtown? Oh. I mean, they brought every kind of breakfast food you can imagine, I including the china and, like, the silverware. It was like they did not cheap out on us. At all. Wow. It was amazing. It's a good job. Are you kidding? I love my job. It's. I mean, you too. I mean, you get to do all these fun things. Yeah. You meet all these fun people and, you know, chat with viewers. and Eat lots of good food. (laughs) I keep getting emails (laughs) about new restaurant
0: openings these few weeks that I'm on traffic, and I'm like, no, I can't come cover them. I I don't get to try your food. I have to actually go there, you know, on my own free time.
1: (laughs) But you're back next week too with us, right? With you. Two more weeks. So it's the all-girl review kind yes. of next week. So it's me, Steph, Ashley Korsland, you're doing traffic. Who's doing? Chalmers is oh. in for Chris McGinnis who's getting married.
0: Who's um, in for Chris McGinnis who's in for Rod.
1: <laughs> and then um, Drew. He's the only man on And maybe on Tim air. sometimes. Oh, Tim. Yep, yep, yep. Don't mean to forget about you, Tim.
0: We love you too. Wow, girl power! There Woo-hoo. you go. I didn't know Keeley was doing weather. I was yeah. wondering who was doing weather because Rod's gone, At Chris is the, gone. At least the
1: first part of the week. I think um, Brian Brennan is in.
0: Fun. Yeah. Oh, fine. It. We'll let a boy back for a couple of days. Uh, so, in addition to eating healthy, I know sometime around when I was first
1: starting, you were training for a triathlon. Yes, yes, that was amazing. Um, it was really ambitious because I am a terrible swimmer. And as a matter of fact, I mean, I could always swim, but not for distance or not Mm -hmm. for competition. Like I could not sink. Maybe that was like more to the point. (laughs) I was never a great swimmer and I never learned how to breathe properly, right? The whole, you know, breathing out and in. So I got a coach, a triathlon coach, and he taught me how to swim. And we ended up doing open water. Um, we kind of went um, in the Clackamas. There was a kind of like this little Covey place that we used to train, and then he put me in the Willamette with his group. <sighs> that was uh, it was crazy, and not because of like you know pollution or anything. Um, Sounds cold, but the it wasn't cold. It was it was oh, summer. So and okay. we were in wetsuits. Oh. Um, but I called Zafino on the way out to C- Cathedral Park, and I'm like. Like, how windy is it? Like, what's the water like? And he's like, it's pretty choppy. It's pretty choppy. So I'm out there, you know, mm, marginal swimmer, and the chop starts going like this. And all of a sudden, my heart starts racing. Okay, that's okay if you're running, but when you have to breathe, and your heart starts racing and you're in the water, I was like, I'm having a panic (laughs) attack. Let me get back to the water. I mean, to the shore, out of the water. Um, so, my coach comes to me and he's like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, just give me a minute and I'll be good. But it was such a fantastic learning experience. They ended up canceling the triathlon and making it a duathlon oh. because of this algae bloom, I believe, in the water. Oh, yeah. So, they only did running and biking. So you didn't um, have to swim in the end. Well, I, didn't, I, I ended up getting sick. Oh, um, So, it was I kind forgot. of like this like, cluster thing that, that happened. But yeah, I'd like to do it. Pat Doris. Is a triathlete, and so he sits right by me back there. Um, <laughs> so he kind of inspires me. I'm going to get back to that because the cross training thing. I'm a huge fan of that because you're not pounding on any one thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to bike ride, you get to swim, you get to run. You kind that of is it all. Mm-hmm.
0: I've yeah. only. I, I want to do
1: yoga, and yoga. I want to meditate. That's that's my new thing that I really want to do. I'm totally into all the meditation podcasts and. Um, oh, yeah. got to get good at, like, two-minute med- meditation
0: during the commercial breaks. It's like,
1: <laughs> no one talk to me. <laughs> Wouldn't that, that, See, we need a little zen when it gets crazy on the news set.
0: I've always thought, we've done stories, I think, was it Nina a little while ago did a story about businesses were having fitness instructors come to their place of work and do, like, an hour-long class around lunchtime. And, like, we should just have, on, like, breaking news days or non-breaking news days, just yoga In the middle of the day, everyone, you'd have to do it a few times because everyone's on such weird schedules, Mm -hmm. but
1: that would just be great. No, it totally would. So if anybody knows of a good meditation (laughs) center, like in the Portland area, somewhere close downtown maybe. We'll send Drew to check it out. (laughs) Yeah, no, I would totally do that. I'm totally serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Another cool thing that you've done, you've been on Grimm multiple times. This is a thing that I'm jealous of, but it's so cool. So how how did you get involved with being on Grimm?
1: God only knows. I mean, seriously. (laughs) My daughter and I were huge fans of Grimm, you know, like that first season when it came on. And I got an email from a casting company. And they asked if I was interested in in reading or trying out auditioning for a reporter part. So I thought they must have sent it to every last person, (laughs) you know, on TV in Portland. And I'm like, I don't want to, yeah, And I said, did, is this for everybody? or like? And she said, oh, no, like I think there are a dozen people or whatever. I thought, oh, that'd be kind of fun because I'm a huge fangirl of Grimm. Um, and so I went and I went down to their office and I read the script for the casting agent and the director. I think those were the two people in the room at the time. I was so nervous. And everybody I told, they were like, you do this every day. How could you possibly be nervous? And I'm like, no, no, no. I do this every day. That was different. And my, I mean, I really, I felt like my heart was going to explode out of my chest. I was that nervous. Um, So, anyway, they called me back and they said, okay, yeah, we want you to come back and read one more time. Um, So, we did. And then I didn't hear anything. (gasps) And it was spring break, whatever it was, two or three years ago. and I got a phone call. I was in my jammies with my kid, and we were having breakfast, and I saw Cast Iron Studios come up on my caller ID. And I was like, hello? <laughs> and she goes, you got the part. And I was like, I was ridiculous. I think Aww. I like ran hollering through my house. I was so excited. It was just fun. Yeah. And they were super nice. Like everybody, from the people on camera to the people behind the scenes, they made it as easy as possible. And Um, they've
0: actually like turned you into, like monsters or whatever they call it, right? Like, haven't you gotten mm, or no? mm, Okay, I've never gotten. Oh, maybe that was like Fright Town. That was Fright Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I know Um, I've seen
1: Brenda as a monster because she always looks so beautiful. (laughs) Seen it the opposite. Yeah, I've never. uh, What do they call it on on Grimm? well, morphed into the, into the monster. But I did a, a bit um, for Baron Von Gulo oh, yeah. at Fright Town, where I was um, reporting on this like <laughs> cult thing, one of their actual haunted houses, and then they just put the whole bit on the TV as people waited in line to go through the haunted house. But the the makeup artist there is amazing. Um, they probably have many, but the gal who worked on me, it took about an hour or so, and wow. I was a demon. I turned into a demon. Ah. <laughs> Which may be my real personality.
0: <laughs> you're really good at playing a reporter, is what we've learned. That's my range.
1: It's about
0: that big. <laughs> I really don't do much other than that. Mm-hmm. Hey, stick with what you're good at. <laughs> there you go. We're going to go now to some questions from the Twitter sphere and the Facebook sphere. If you've okay. been watching the live stream, we now live stream these episodes on the KGW Facebook page. So, first, Peter. J-O-L Vlog said, what is the most difficult part and the most enjoyable part
1: of being a TV journalist Ooh, and why? That's a good, Peter, Peter, Peter. Um, you know what, honestly, somebody asked me that question the other day, and I have to say that you guys are the best part. I I'm about to say, you guys lot. are the most difficult part. Well, <laughs> <laughs> usually they treat me pretty well, um, but I love being able to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love, because I get stuck in the studio so much. Like, we have the best viewers, and I kid you not, I really, that from the bottom of my heart, I, that's how I feel. Um, the difficult part is, you know, all the hellish things that we report on. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, um, it'll just get to me. I had a moment not too long ago, um, I, I just feel a little, ugh, when I talk about it, but um, there was a, a child who was, like, abused and mm. killed. And I didn't know all the details of it. Um, Tim Gordon was reporting on it, oh. and just when he finished and he said the little boy's name, and I could barely speak. Um, my producers know that about me. Like over the years, they are really good about giving me a heads up, mm-hmm. because it's it's like you know when you hear something and it just hits you, yeah, and um, well. you know it's such a tender, awful you know baby, and that is the worst part for me. Sometimes you just, you know, it's. I always feel like, you know, with the scripts that we have, if I ever start treating those pieces of paper like just pieces of paper, Mm -hmm. I need to get out of the business because they are people's lives and there are things that, you know, occur that are really important to people and, you know, I take that seriously. But that's the hardest part. It's like, you know, some of the stories that we report on that are just so grisly.
0: Well, that's the big thing. I've noticed KGW is the first TV station that I've really worked with, worked at, and You have no idea. You always hear all the time, like, oh, all those people on TV, they don't really care. They report on all these sad stories. They're desensitized, whatever. And coming here, I realized at least here, everybody, I mean, I've seen multiple people cry on the air and just, I mean, everyone's trying not to. Everyone's trying to stay professional and keep calm, but everyone, things affect everybody and everybody's so good at
1: yeah. And I think that's yeah. what you want. You, you got it. You've got to be in touch with what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you've got to be objective, but some things just it's just a completely different thing. You just can't help it. Right.
0: That's a good answer uh volcano joe 72 says what is your secret to aging i've been watching her for years and she still looks great and
1: hasn't aged volcano joe let me see volcano oh joe 72 so you know what it is seriously if you've been watching me for years it's like that day-to-day thing right you just have gotten used to me getting old no <laughs> no serious like if you haven't seen an old friend in like 10 years, and you're like, oh, boy, that didn't really... But if you see somebody every single day, see? That's my answer. I don't know. I don't really have any (laughs) secret.
0: We have talked about, you know, your athletic things and all the good food she eats that's good for her. Getting the lights switched on us over here. I did tell Brenda before the podcast started that this one light always goes out, and it usually comes back on a few minutes later, so... Who knows? It is quite the mystery. Good lighting or dim lighting. Maybe that's my other secret. (laughs) Well, the first season of the podcast, we had the overhead fluorescent lights on, and then uh, Skyler and our sales, no, marketing... Promotions. Promotions, yes, creative team. He was like, why do you guys have this? This would look much more flattering. And it does. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Let's see. CJ in real life says, what do you think about social media... And then said, including my YouTube channel and vlogging specifically. What, do you, what yours? I don't <laughs> know. <yours>? He said, <laughs> who knows? But how do you, because social media
1: obviously did not exist when you started here 27 sure. years ago. No, because it was a one way conversation. And I do like that. Um, I love hearing what you guys have to say. I mean, I love, you know, the people who post on my page and, you know, we, we chat back and forth. But I like the interactive um, because it's more like a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just me up here talking to you, um, now there are just so many other ways to stay in touch. Um, when we first moved down to the square, um, we had like you know this little group of people, and they would come down like you know for some of the meetups, and they would like pop into the station, and um, not just randomly, but mm-hmm. they would be invited. And I mean, I I think that stuff is fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's fun to meet the people. You assume yeah.
1: somebody's watching.
0: Yeah, uh, Steele <laughs> at Blue Snowy Mountains. Apparently you won best hair.
1: Is that true? Did you win best oh, hair? Oh, was that? I think yeah, that was last Still year. Steele always
0: somehow finds out all the information <laughs> on the internet that's out there. So he said he said she won best hair. How did she prep for that? You know, have it, you I always had know, the short hair?
1: I no, I oh my gosh, girl, I, I'll have to. I think on Throwback Thursdays I posted a couple. Yes, like I think I've and, seen a couple, but. Mm-hmm, yeah, no, it was curly and long, <laughs> and then it got shorter. Um, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a best hair deal. Um, I got. I was on vacation. I think I was in California, and one of my producers like texted me a screenshot of that. I'm like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, it's better than worst hair, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: I've never won best hair. But you and Russ Lewis, who was on Sunrise, so, wow, just Isn't the best hair funny? duo.
1: Right? That's point.
0: amazing. Good grief. <laughs> uh, Garrett says he lives in the same neighborhood as you. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are saying they love you. Aw. Let's see. Oh, Carrie Blodgett wants to know, how is your daughter doing now that she's graduated? She just graduated recently. She
1: did. I was posting on my Facebook page. I'm so proud of her. I'm I'm proud of both of my kids. She graduated and went to the Dominican Republic. So right now she's in the DR on a cultural exchange program, and she's going to get back in August. She's been gone for two months. Wow. It's this little teeny village. There are 400 people there. Um, The DR is not known for stable electricity, so several times a day the electricity goes out. Um, The house that she stays in, her host family is phenomenal. She loves her host parents. Um, But they have no running water, Um, and it is very, very rural. Um, But she went with the Amigos program, so she's learning her Spanish, becoming fluent. Um, It's been just like, it's been an amazing, amazing experience.
0: That's so cool. Challenging
1: it's just fantastic to see how different people live. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a text literally during the Sunrise Show this morning because she's three hours ahead, and she's like, I think I have the flu. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. She's just oh, laying low at least for the next several days. Oh, but gosh. other than that, yeah, she's doing really, really
0: well. <laughs> that's good. And you were like, well, she's going to Dominican, so I'm gonna go to Hawaii. Are you kidding? Yes,
1: <laughs> my baby um, turned 18, graduated, And I'm like, I think mom deserves just an adult vacation. (laughs) So I went to the big island. I had never been been to Hawaii. Um, So it was absolutely glorious. It is the most beautiful place. If I could learn to pronounce all those Hawaiian names, I may think about flying the coop. I mean, because I was like, oh, if I could live over there, maybe I just need a vacation home over
0: there. They have news stations, right? Yeah, they do. So we, start, we started out it. the podcast telling you Brenda was not leaving, and we're now we're into the podcast, and she's saying she's going to leave us and go to Hawaii.
1: We had a house right on the ocean. It was on a cliff overlooking the Pacific. It was on the east side of the island. It was supposed to be the rainy side, but we had fantastic weather. Um, and every day we would wake up and we'd see the sun come up. Like, the whole house was windows. I fell in love. I fell in love with that island. We went to the green sand beach, which is... Um, Really close to South Point, which is the southernmost tip of the United States. I didn't realize that it was in Hawaii, but it's got this green sand, which is a volcanic mineral called olivine, and you hike down, you hike in, and then you hike down, and the water is turquoise, and the sand is green. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend it.
0: That sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's raining in Portland <laughs> right now. Maybe it's getting sunny. I think it's getting
1: sunny. Uh, Michael wants to know who were
0: you saddest to have leave the station?
1: Oh. Oh, gosh, some of my best friends have left. Um, some of my producers like are and you know, they've they've gone to management positions at other stations in town. So I still really to to Mhm. Um one of my he's like my brother. He's a meteorologist at another station. There comes the light back on. Yeah, I know, Told right. you, you what happened. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how I would pick. But I still keep in touch with people, so even though they're not here, like, you know, we still, down through the years, keep, keep in touch. I mean, yeah. even years like, daily, every, every other day, whatever.
0: <laughs> that's good. As long as you keep in touch, they're not just like, bye, I don't work with you anymore. I know. Mike Garcia wants
1: to know, is there someone who influenced you to get into the news business? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I always liked to write I think that was the thing that kind of pushed me toward communications um, but I thought I would be like you know maybe a freelancer or do magazine work or do newspaper work um, and oddly enough it was an old boyfriend um, that had an internship at a cable station and I happened to tag along and um, instead of him like continuing on I hit it off with the producer at this cable station and they had me come in and do some stuff and at that moment, I got hooked on TV. And I was a junior. I, was a, I think I was a junior in college. I went to the University of Portland. Go pilots. Um, so, yeah, at that moment, I kind of switched my major from um, kind of a newspaper focus to thinking that's what I wanted to do. And i I never looked back. Yeah, which is kind of strange. I mean, I am a pretty linear type person, and I don't know that everybody's career works that way. Mm-hmm. But I... I graduated with a comm degree, then I went to grad school at LSU, and when I was um, in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, I was going to grad school, and I had a part-time job at the CBS affiliate. And then by the time I graduated, they had offered me a full-time job, so I just dovetailed right into that. Um, and then, I, like I said, I came up here on vacation and applied for a job and got that, and it was like, oh, you're stuck with me. It was meant to be. I guess. 27 yeah. years later. I, I just know. saw someone was asking, if you do you
0: get anything for being here for 27 years? Did you get something for being here 20 25 years? Uh, no. Not until you leave. <laughs> then you, like, get a cake. Right. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. It's not happening. Yeah, no, I don't think they give us anything. Like, you know, a watch or a... David, <laughs> David says,
0: what, were you two years old when you started there? Yeah, I'd love you, yep. David. <laughs> she was. Actually, she
1: was negative two years old. You know what? I, no, I mean, that is one of the things that... Um, seriously like you're how old are you 27 you're 27 you should own every 20 i'm 52 (laughs) i am not sensitive about my age i think you should own it it's like you know what yeah Yeah. why it's like this this whole thing that we have in society of you've got to be this or that you know you have to be who you are and i think that's the glorious part i like my life better today than i did when i was 27 or 25 or 30 or 35 absolutely positively I love
0: that. I do. Life advice, inspiration from Brenda. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) You know what? I need to do my Brenda-like-slash-Oprah-Super-Soul Sunday thing. Yes. I would totally do that.
0: You should do like a Facebook live stream, Super Soul Sunday. You could be making healthy
1: snacks while you talk to people. (laughs) About their life and giving life coaching advice. Yeah. I really, you know, I've got a never-ending stream of advice. If you'd like some life coaching,
0: leave a comment below with your advice questions. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is already asking how they stay looking young and beautiful. Uh, Denise Woods wants to know, do you do your own hair and makeup?
1: I do. We're super low-maintenance super low maintenance. Occasionally, if we had like a big shoot or if, you know, when we went to HD, um, they brought somebody in to kind of teach us what we needed to do or how, you know, to put on the makeup. But on a daily basis, yeah, it's just me. Super quick. I try and keep it simple in the morning. Are you kidding at (laughs) 220? It's too early to get too fussy.
0: I've talked to Ashley, and the same thing happens with me about how, and I'm curious if it happens with you too, where especially in the mornings, you start out I think this morning, I didn't have lipstick or mascara on at five o'clock because I just ran out of time. But then by like 5.20, I had all of that on. It's like throughout the show, we add things. Sometimes it's like, oh, I forgot to put my earrings on or whatever.
1: You but- I thought you had a great nude lipstick. I kid you oh. not. You looked all <laughs> polished. You can't tell because Did you, you really are 27, sweet <laughs> pea. You can go with, like, not all your stuff. Like coaching is from Brenda. and foundation. And I'm pretty, I mean, I don't come in here and get ready. I'm ready when I, I mm-hmm. get here. So if I don't really forget anything because it's already done. Yeah. Yeah. I ran out in my bare feet today. <laughs> I mean, I leave my shoes out there. I travel with multiple shoes. Um, so I have my ballet flats that I run around in, and then I just kicked them off in here under my desk when I was typing and because I knew that my pumps were out there. So I literally, because I could move faster. So, yeah, I guess that's me. That's, wow. that's my secret.
0: Yeah, you do usually have high heels on behind the desk, which seems, mm-hmm. and Ashley too, but then me and Steph are like, nope. <laughs> never. You're right. but You're the smarter ones. I love shoes. Well, especially though. for traffic. If I am if I am in the mornings, I have to do traffic, which means I'm running back and forth. No, she's but running. Steph's got that running. nice. You guys have little pads under your feet now? Yep. yep. Those are
1: nice. That's that's. I know that Cassidy's coming because I hear her little heels, <laughs> And she, like, moves.
0: These ones are, my shoes today are pretty quiet, but the flats I had on yesterday or the day
1: before, <laughs> they have a little clicky heel, and it's like, oh, God. I never see you walk in. I don't think you do walk. I mean, literally, you run in every hit. Just trying to stay as fit as you, Brenda.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the final three questions are would-you-rather questions that I have come up with, and these are ones that I have asked other on-air anchors on the podcast. So, first one, would you rather have the newscast freeze on an unflattering picture of your face (laughs) or have the newscast go black during the most important part of the story you're talking about? Uh, go black, absolutely.
1: Really? <laughs> Is there any choice? Yeah. You don't need to see that.
0: Yeah. That's gonna... Okay, would you rather go on air and forget everything you were going to say uh-huh. or go on air and burp loudly, and I guess forget everything you're going to say and the telepro- teleprompter's gone, whatever, and, or burp loudly in the middle of the story you're talking about I would rather
1: f- oh that's awful I would be like that is that's really awful
0: I would love to see that because you are like so polished and perfectly put together all the time and then if you just burped in the middle of. I don't think I could I think
1: I, I think I would be so horrified yeah I'm very Virgo in that way I'm pretty ordered yeah no 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 I yeah. someday that'll be that's on the, the blooper worst reel question ever That's really funny So you're choosing to go and you forgot everything and the prompter's gone? Yeah. I'll just have to sit and go look at you funny.
0: I forgot to tell you, all of these are going to happen. You've made choices for the rest of your life. (laughs) I put it out there in the
1: universe. It's gonna come back to me. Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) The final one is would you rather never be able to be on TV again Mm -hmm. or be able to be on TV but with a big zit in the middle of your forehead for the rest of forever? All great options. (laughs) What's the last one? She's like, if I read it again, go on the zit, big zit in the middle of your forehead every day. Or you can't be on TV again. I guess you could become a life coach. (laughs) She's like, is there another one on here? Has anybody ever hit you on your podcast? Nope. (laughs) Good lord. Neither. None. (laughs) Well,. I'll give you that one. You can say none because you have the power here. That's right,
1: I do. That's right, I do. I am seizing control.
0: Well, that is the end of the podcast. Now that you have totally taken control, do you have any final words or words of wisdom for all the people that have been getting this life coaching from you?
1: Mm, No, but you made this really easy. Oh, good. I I was joking that I break out in hives. I really, I'm not, I don't really like to talk about myself. But literally, it has been painless. Yay! Well, it's been fun chatting with you. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you for being here. And you can hear the whole podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. The video version goes on KGW.com and on YouTube. And we'll be back next Friday with another episode of Station Break. You can always tweet me at Cassidy Quinn with the hashtag Station Break kgw. if you have a suggestion of who should be on the podcast next or a question you want to ask on the podcast. And we will see you guys next Friday. Goodbye. Thank you, Brenda.